Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. In each podcast, we will focus on our branch living message, share an interesting story that pertains to our faith, some inspirational, some disturbing, but always relevant. And we share scripture, prayers, and praise. We try to record once each week for 15 to 20 minutes each time. So thank you for joining us. Share, ask others to join us as well. We know we have uh, international listeners and it is just a privilege to have you join us. So will you go before the Father with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this brief moment apart from the world to just focus on you and the difference you're making in people's lives and the differences that can be made in our own lives. We thank you for this Christian fellowship and this time to be together. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, So today my message is on what is truth and does it matter? As a child, our truth rests with our parents. They are our truth. They tell us what is right and what is wrong, how we should feel, how we should adapt. Our parents are our true north. But soon that true north is challenged. Friends enter our lives and they reflect the truths of their parents and their siblings. And sometimes that truth does not jive with our parents' truth. So who to believe? At this point, most of us go with our parents because they are our protectors and we trust them. But subtly, over time, we lose that true north. We begin to question what our parents have told us. Other authority figures enter our lives and we start to wonder, what is truth? Where does it rest? School teachers teach truths that don't mesh with what we have learned at home. Friends start to challenge our truth and they make sense. What to believe? Where to go? Well, age has its advantage. You can see why having a true north is essential. We see people in our lives latch on to concepts, behaviors, and beliefs that at first seem hip, contemporary, even edgy, and we are intrigued. But often, as the years churn on, we watch these same trendy thoughts crush those who espouse them. We see friends who used to seem so tethered mysteriously go adrift, following the latest social norms. And we see what is trendy today, what is true, turns out to be just the opposite. Even so, without a nod of acknowledgement, the world moves on to the latest flashy idea, leaving ruined lives unnoticed. But we should take notice. The Bible tells us to judge a tree by its fruit. And over time, the fruits of these new ideas and behavior, the fruits these new ideas and behaviors produce do not look good. Often, they look tragic. Recognizing this, we must make a deliberate effort to connect the dots backward. The spirit of confusion hopes we won't connect the dots. It tells us, let's look forward. But it is imperative that we do look back to see how these ruined lives happened. We need to learn the lessons that are there. When we do, we see the value of the true north, the tether, the truth, 
It may seem boring from the outside. It may seem dated, unimpressive. But when you see people who truly live out this truth, their lives are beautiful. Their fruit is sweet. We long for the solidity of the lives they lead. And when we connect the dots back, they lead back to God, to truth. It is the story of the prodigal son over and over again. We want the good life. We want to, we want to stray. The world tells us how grand it will be. And at first it is, it always is. But over time, we end up eating scraps only fit for pigs. We look back at what could have been, what should have been, and we grieve. Why did we trust the world? It took everything and it gave back nothing. When we reach this point in life, we need to remember that as long as we have breath, the road that led us away from the truth runs both ways. Like the prodigal son, we too can return home. God is there awaiting our arrival with open arms. So how do we do that? We do it through prayer, repentance, and a commitment to learn the truth and not stray from it. So what is truth? Truth is Jesus. And how do we know truth? We must study the Bible, God's inspired word every day. We must ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand it. We must turn to Christians who live, who, whose lives produce good fruit, ripened over a long time. And we must not change the truth to make it comfortable for us. We must read the Bible and let it challenge us and our beliefs. I have read the Bible cover to cover four times now, and I'm just beginning the fifth round. And every single time, it challenges my beliefs and my behaviors. And I thank God it does, because I am so imperfect. It will challenge me forever. We shouldn't let that stop us. We should stretch toward holiness every single day. And when we fail, we should repeat the initial prodigal son approach. Pray, repent, and turn back to God over and over as we walk the slow walk to holiness. We don't judge others for where they are because in truth, we have all been at the pig trough more than we would like to admit. We pray for them. We pray for ourselves. We push forward toward God, toward holy lives. Will you join me? So that is the Branch Living message today, to seek that true north, to push for truth, to not get absorbed in the flashiness of the world, but just to continue the slow walk to holiness. So I wanted to, sh to share with you today a story that I found in Christianity Daily. It was published on Thursday, January the 6th in this year, 2022. And um, it's a story that I found really interesting um, for a couple of reasons, but one in particular, I won't read the entire story, but again, if you want to see it, it's in Christianity Today, Thursday, uh, January 6, 2022. And it's called, A Covenant with God Helped Ex-Gay Man Live the Best Life with His Wife and Three Kids. 
a man from New Jersey who formerly lived a gay lifestyle, revealed in a podcast interview with Abby Johnson that he is able to live the best life with his wife and three kids because of a covenant he made with God. The Christian Post said that Brian Wheelock guested Johnson's recent Politely Rude podcast together with his wife Pam to discuss his faith journey and how his covenant with God strengthened him against succumbing to moments of same-sex attraction. Wheelock disclosed that he had been living a decade-long gay lifestyle when he decided to put on paper a vow he made to Jesus regarding his temptations and his earthly desires. This covenant, he said, was made 20 years ago as his way of honoring God and abstaining from being involved in same-sex relationships. As per Wheelock, that covenant kept him from having the impulse to act on his same-sex attractions ever since. Wheelock's married life of 17 years and his three daughters are proof of that covenant's power. He has also since then shared to others the power of making and committing to a covenant with God in breaking free from their addictions and from their vices. My wife Pam and I have been married for 16 and a half years, but this is not the path I have been on a lot of my life. I actually lived a homosexual lifestyle for many years and was pursuing that for at least 10 years of my life, Wheelock said. Wheelock, who grew up in a loving home and occasionally attended church as a child, shared that he had always thought his gay lifestyle was where my life was going and that it defined who he was such that it wasn't just a little bit of a phase in his life. He narrated that he became exposed to same-sex encounters at an early age when he spent sleepovers with boys aged 12 through through 14. This became part of his lifestyle up until after college when he was involved in a work abroad program for a year in Ireland and in London. It was during this time he really, quote, dove into that life and he went home each night with different people after going to bars, which turned, which in turn caused him to suffer depression. This behavior augmented was augmented by his addiction to pornography. Like I couldn't get enough. It was creating this insatiable desire and I started worrying about getting sick, some kind of infectious disease we like divulged. I would actually go get tested for HIV and I would have to wait for three days for my results. Now the three days was when I was most like a Christian. Those three days was when I suddenly believed in God again, ready to just listen to, okay, ready to just listen to, okay, God, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to do that again. And then I would get a negative test result. And guess what? I was back out that night hooking up with somebody else. Our flesh is so ridiculous, you know, he added. Wheelock's conversion came one day when he received a vision from God showing him that his life is not that his life was not the path I have for you. That's in quotes. The vision showed his future of being married to a woman and having three daughters. God took that and captured my heart and showed me, Brian, this is what I have for you. This is the vision I'm giving you. This is the future. This is the path I have set before you. I'm the right path. The life you're living is not best for you. 
and God began opening my eyes suddenly to a bigger picture, Wheelock recalled. This vision then prompted him to attend church as soon as he returned home to New Jersey. He found a non-denominational church through a phone book search and he attended where he declared and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior through public profession during an altar call. Wheelock said that his path to conversion was not smooth. He experienced falling back when he returned to London and auditioned for an, uh, an acting part in theater. He eventually returned to New Jersey after two months because he did not get the part he auditioned for, quote, by the grace of God. Upon his return, he engaged himself in church programs that resulted in, in him meeting God-centered male friends and putting him, quote, on the right path. He made his covenant of purity to God on January 14, 2003, which became his, quote, battle plan in life. And this led him to become a sought-after Christian speaker at various events and churches. He and his wife have come out with their own podcast, The Pam and Brian Show. So I, I talk about that today, um, not for the specific uh, acts that he committed, but I just wanted to show that in the Branch Living message, we talked about how you know, we all have those prodigal son moments and we need to come back to God. But what I really loved about this article was that you know, God gave him a vision for his life and he made a covenant with God. That's something we just don't hear about in our culture anymore, making a covenant with God. We have covenants of marriage, um, but do we ever just decide to seal our lives in some way through a covenant with God? I found that to just be absolutely remarkable. And, um, you know, he talks about his covenant of purity as being his battle plan in life. And I think that's true. You know, if you make a covenant with God, uh, I guarantee you Satan's going to come after you because there's nothing that Satan um, hates more than a firm relationship or a promise that we make to God. And, uh, you know, in this case, he didn't break his covenant, but he did break his promise to God many times and he repented and he came back. And so those are all valuable lessons. And I thought that was just a really inspiring story of a young man who saw a vision that God had for him in his life, uh, set aside a life that God said was not for him, and turned and followed this uh, very difficult path and this covenant with God, failed, repented, came back, and uh, now actually has the vision of the wife with the three children that God had put before him. Um, so I, I, very briefly, I did say that I would talk about the uh, 70 reso resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. We talked about the first one last podcast, so I'm just going to go through one each time. And his second resolution of those 70 is resolved to be continually endeavoring to find some new invention and contrivance to promote the aforementioned things. So in other words, you know, he speaks in a very, uh, very beautiful style, but kind of an antiquated style for us. And what he's saying is that he will endeavor, that he'll keep, he'll stick with it, to find new and creative ways to make sure he keeps his resolutions this year. So he's not going to let his resolutions get stagnant. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us as well. We tend to make resolutions, and I think the average is three weeks and we are um, beyond those resolutions and they're back on the shelf. So he 
is pledging to find new and creative ways to keep his resolutions this year. I'm going to move to scripture because I think it's always good to read scripture into our lives. And so uh, we were through Genesis and the sixth day last time. So we're going to pick up uh, just for a few minutes now on Genesis 2. Um, and this is after the sixth day. The heavens, the earth, and all their vast array were finished. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. And I've heard in several uh, commentaries that uh, he, some people say he rested, yes, but some people say no. What he did was he sat back on his throne. He created all of this and he took a seat back. He sat back to survey what he had done. God blessed this seventh day and he made it holy because he rested from his work of creation, which he had done. This is the history of the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were create, created in that day of God, that God made the earth and the heavens. No plant of the field was yet in the earth. No herb of the field had sprung up because God had not yet caused it to rain on the earth. And there was no man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And God formed man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he put the man whom he formed there. Out of the ground, God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to sight and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted, and it became the source of four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon, and it flows through the whole land of Halilah, where there is gold, and the gold of the land is good. Bedelium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gahan, and it is the same river that flows through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hedekel, and the one that flows in front of Assyria the fourth is the Euphrates, and God took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. God commanded the man saying, you may freely eat out of every tree in the garden, but you shall not eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. So we see the drama is set and we are not even through the second um, the second chapter and um, God put man in this garden he gave him one instruction and you know our flesh is so incredibly weak we're gonna find out what happened next but uh, I do love the imagery of the Bible of you know the mist coming down and of God breathing uh, the breath of life into this man so thank you for tuning in today um, I'd like us to end in prayer and I'd like us to pray uh, particularly for people who are suffering from illness. There are just a number of illnesses going around right, right now, not just COVID. There's norovirus, there's RSV, uh, all kinds of different influences. So we want to pray for people that they will be strong. It's been kind of a tough year and uh, these sicknesses can really take us down. So will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we ask you to uh, come upon us. We ask you to particularly lift up those that are suffering from illness. 
uh, strengthen their families to care for them, let the illness be short-lived, protect their health, protect the healthcare workers who are taking care of them. And Father, we pray for this world to be rid of COVID, but more especially, Father, we pray for revival. We pray this in your name. Amen. So I just want to remind you, you can find us at branchliving.com or on Facebook or Getter at Branch Living. On Facebook, we have an international community and it would be a privilege to have you join us. So join us, encourage your friends and family to join us because together we are stronger, my friends. So until next week, stay close to God, stay in touch, and I will chat with you again soon.